You're listening to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults. This is episode 41. We are talking with Benjamin Laufer from the Head Scratcher podcast about his gap year. This was a very interesting concept for us to learn about, and we loved his insight into how to make that time productive and really beneficial for his life. We're so glad you're here. Hi there, and welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. We are your hosts, Tani Beardall and Erica Peterson. We will be interviewing guests with unique experiences and experts in different fields to help us get the most out of each episode. Well, welcome everyone to the podcast today. Today we are talking to an awesome young man, Benjamin Laufer. He is the creator and host of the Head Scratcher podcast, and he is just an awesome young man, and he has some great things to teach us today. So Benjamin, would you mind telling us a little bit about your podcast and what you're doing with that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as you said, I run the Head Scratcher podcast, and I guess going back to how it started, I'm in a gap year currently. The primary reason I took a gap year uh, to begin with was that I wanted to come to more clarity as to my interests so that once I got to college, I could more effectively take advantage of resources, know who I wanted to meet, know what clubs I wanted to join, all of that. So a lot of the, the beginning elements of my gap year were things that I felt like could help me find more clarity. So I was doing a lot of reading. I was reading two to three books a week and really trying to just take in a lot of information. I was working on my habits. Um, I was kind of testing out with different projects and seeing what made me happy, what felt kind of fulfilling. And about like halfway through the gap year, six months in, I felt more confused than when I started, even though that was kind of the, the opposite of my goal. I had the conception, at least beforehand, that the more that you knew about the world, the more clarity you would have in terms of things. And I felt that the, mo- the more that I started to learn about things and the more I started to read, I felt more confused. I felt became more fascinated and curious about the different things going on in the world and some of the kind of big questions that come with growing up and just life in general. And that's where the idea for the podcast came. And that's kind of where the, the name comes from, Head Scratcher, was I felt like I had all, all of these quote-unquote head scratchers in my life, um, how to be happy, like how to find your passion, how to be productive, all, all these different questions that the more you delve into them, the, the more questions you have about them. And so I wanted to have a podcast to... I felt like it was a good medium to explore those questions I was having having in my life. And I felt like a lot of other young people were also having those questions in their life. And so I wanted to be able to talk with both young people who have been really successful or who have had interesting stories in their life to hear a bit about their successes, their failures, some of the head scratchers in their life, and then also talk with some experts on the podcast as well. So I've had an episode on being an effective leader. I've had one on how to be uh, an effective activist. I try and have a mix of both young people and adults, and hopefully those conversations will both help myself navigate growing up, but also help other young people who are dealing with some similar questions. I love that you're like doing work with that and not just like thinking about it. You're very actively experimenting with what things are making you feel fulfilled. So I think that's a really 
cool thing that you're doing and it's not just I'm hanging out for a year. It's very active. So I really applaud you for that. How old are you, Benjamin? 19. Yeah, I turned 19 in uh, February. That's so awesome. You're being super intentional about what you're doing that year, which I think a lot of parents would kind of like, oh, panic. Like, <laughs> wait, you're taking a year off from college and that could scare like, you know, an, an adult thinking, this is not a good idea. You'll never go back. But it's just causing you to really hone in on what you want, having intention for what you're doing. And what I really love is that you're not just doing it for yourself. You're creating this space where other people get to learn from you as well. I love it. I love who you're geared toward. You have a really cool little saying on your Instagram. You're offering advice to help you make sense and navigate young adulthood. And I think that is perfectly in our wheelhouse. That's why we were so attracted to what you're doing. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think intent is really a big thing. And that's something I've been working on in my gap year, just having each day be filled with more intent on my end, because I think growing up, we kind of do, I was, I felt like I was on this trajectory uh, in life. I went to a pretty traditional New England private school and everyone went to traditional universities. And I felt I wanted to take a, a moment to step back from that trajectory that most people were on. And I wanted to have more intent in my life and less feeling like I was just kind of on this just like wheel of life where everyone did the same track, same career. And so, yeah, living, living with intent, I think is, is a really big thing. And it's also, it's a skill that you, you work on over time, being able to have your actions match the goals that you want to have in life. Well, that's totally a skill that needs to be learned, but it takes a lot of time to line, align those two things. But the hardest part is when you don't know what your end goal is. Like sometimes you're not totally sure what you want to go into. And so how do you align your daily actions with a goal that you're not quite sure of? Was that really intimidating for you to choose to step back and, you know, take a year? How did the people in your life react to your choice? I'm lucky to have a supportive family. During the actual admissions process, I had mentioned to my parents and some of my friends that I was thinking about taking a gap year. They were all very supportive of it at the time. And then when I got, you know, got into college and decided where I wanted to go, my parents were still very supportive of it, but they were then a little bit more hesitant when I said, now I actually want to take a gap year. I was very independently motivated throughout high school and I, they didn't have to kind of press me a lot to, to do things. Um, and I think that was a result of them bringing me up in a good way as well. But they were a little hesitant at that point, but they still were very supportive and they're still very supportive of me doing it. And I think that they're happy now towards the tail end of it. But it was a very untraditional thing, especially in the context of my school. I think that 10, 20 years ago, the concept of a gap year was even more foreign, but now it's a little bit more common. I have a few friends who have done it, not within my school, but yeah, I had a, a graduating class of about 170 to 200 kids. So it was like a medium sized school. And we had maybe one other kid taking a gap year for sports reasons, just to get better at the, the sport he played so that he could fare better in the recruiting process. But otherwise there was no one else taking a gap year. And it was an odd concept for my guidance counselor who was helping me through the admissions process as well. And so, yeah, people in different areas of my life reacted differently. My parents were really supportive and then people in my school were, uh, some understood it more than others and some were a little bit more confused. How did you not care about what other people were thinking or saying? It definitely affected me. I don't want to make it seem like it, it didn't. I think that 
something I, I've been working on this a lot my gap year is trying to act in a way that's in accordance with what I want to do and not with how others want me to act because I think we at least for me I've lived a lot of my life in doing things because I've been fearful of other people's opinions so I don't speak out on I didn't speak out on certain issues within my school or I didn't work on certain projects that were maybe more controversial in nature so I didn't do a lot of things during high school or just even now that I feel like I wanted to do because I'm always in the back of my head or even in the, in the, in the front of my mind sometimes is me trying to think how other people will perceive my actions. Yeah, it was definitely challenging because you want to, you don't want other people to, to look at you in, a, in an odd light. You want them to look at you in a positive sense. Yeah, it's something that I think that was almost like a catalyst for me now doing a lot of the things that I want to do. I was very nervous starting my own podcast because I didn't, I didn't like hearing my voice actually reproduced. It was weird because I think in, in my high school, at least, even though it was a private prep school and there were a lot of academically strong students, intellectualism was almost disincentivized. The idea of being interested in academics or being interested in kind of academia was something that was looked down upon almost. And so starting the podcast and going into areas that are more in the like intellectual realm was something that was nerve wracking for me because I knew that my initial audience would also be the people who I knew in high school because that was how I was going to you know market it. So yeah, it was definitely nerve wracking doing a gap year, especially with everyone around me knowing about it and, and seeing how they thought about it. But I think it was a good catalyst moment for what I'm doing now and how I'm trying to act more in accordance with my own values and what I'm interested in and less in terms of what other people think. That's so inspiring. I think that it's nice to know that it's, it was hard for you to make a decision that was different. It's nice to know that it's not just like, well, I just did whatever and who cares. It was scary and it was hard, but you were brave and you pushed yourself to do something that was different so that you could figure out yourself better. So I think that that's really a very brave and very awesome thing. I wanted to ask you maybe for, Anyone who is maybe considering doing a gap year, do you have some advice so that it doesn't become something that isn't productive? Yeah, there are a few different points. One, I think is, I definitely wouldn't recommend a gap year to everyone. I think that it's good for certain people who, if you have a clear goal in mind of what you want to do, and I think that's, that's the first piece of advice is before you start your actual gap year, having laying out and having a structure to it because you just have this complete freedom in mind and you have like, Oh, I want to write a book or I want to travel, but you don't have actually like clear steps laid out in terms of how you're going to achieve that. Then the likelihood is that it won't get done or you'll never do that. So laying out a not step by step in every little detail, cause you still want to part of the great nature of a gap year is that you have a lot of freedom. At least for myself, I knew that I had the, fall back if something didn't work and I failed in any way, which I failed a number of times during my gap year, that I like still live in my parents' house and my parents still support me. And so I had that. And I didn't really have the pressure to, there's the pressure to go back to school or to get a job. And so I didn't feel like I had that pressure. So it's a great time where you have this freedom, but at the same time, you're, you need to have some structure to it in order for it to be productive. And then the other uh, piece of advice I would have is, try and put in place habits very early on in your gap year to help facilitate the rest of the stuff that you want to do. So that was one of the first things that I worked on during my gap year during, during the school year throughout, throughout all of high school, 
I would wake up at completely different times after I used to play uh, soccer in freshman and sophomore year, but then I quit that and I was barely active and I barely read anything for fun or just because I was interested in it. It was always for a class. So at the beginning of the gap year, that was one of the first things I wanted to work on was putting in place habits. So I wanted to wake up early. And so I worked on that for a week or two at a time. And then I would add in a new habit. So every few weeks I would slowly add in habits. And then now I'm um, waking up between like 4.30 and 5 every day. And I start my day. Um, I'm try to, still try to read. I don't know if I get two to three books done a week, but I probably do at least one to two books a week. I'm exercising five to six days a week. I'm meditating every day. So all these little things that don't seem very important in and of themselves, maybe they're not overly important, but they help to facilitate the rest of the goals you have. So for me, exercising is great for your health and there are other positives. I'm not an athlete. It wasn't super important to me. I wanted to focus on other things, but exercising helps to get my day started and helps me be productive in everything else I'm doing. So yeah, the two pieces of advice I'd have for anyone interested in a gap year to make it a productive period of time is clearly lay it out ahead of time and then also develop the habits to facilitate whatever your primary goals are. Great advice. Your early high school years, you started off not so successful, but then you were able to turn that around. Do you have any pointers for those who are struggling in school so that they can turn that around and do do better? What would you suggest to those who do struggle? Yeah, there are a number of things I have. So like, uh, like you mentioned earlier, I started freshman year not doing that well. Uh, I had a few classes that I really struggled in and I had a hard course load freshman year. So that was part of it. But I also, um, I had a bunch of C's and a bunch of B minuses and just like not very good grades. And in the context of my school too, there was rapid grade inflation. And so those grades were especially bad within my school. And then getting into sophomore year and junior year, my grades kind of, I had this upward trend and I, they progressively got better. And I think there were a few reasons for that. One was adjusting to getting grades in the first place. I had a, I had a weird experience because I went to a, uh, all the way up until high school. I went to a Quaker school when I grew up and then I went to a friend's school and I never received any grades whatsoever. And so there were no, I didn't have any like benchmarks for success or any, um, you could tell if you were doing well in a class or if you weren't doing well, but there wasn't, I didn't have that motivation of, of getting grades. And so once I got to high school and I went to a private school that was very focused on grades, it was a very competitive environment. It was like a huge shift in how things were done. So that was really hard freshman year. But then for actual actionable advice that, that people can implement in terms of trying to be more productive or to get better grades, I think the one thing that I realized is that, and this is something that I discussed also on an earlier podcast that I had on, on my podcast, was when you're when you have a lot of things going on already, when you're being productive in other areas of your life, it's a lot easier to fill in the little blocks of time. You've 30 minutes here, 50 minutes there to be productive because you're, you're forced to in a way. And so in high school, when I had school ended at three and then I had a club meeting and then I had to race back to go to sports and then I, you know, thing after thing, the little blocks of time, I'd be far more productive during the entire day with the little blocks of time versus if I, if school ended at, three and then I had nothing the rest of the day like most of those days I would just watch tv for like six hours and then I would procrastinate the entirety of my work so 
when you have things going on, it's a lot easier to be productive. So if you have these long periods of time where you have nothing going on, try and structure them in some way, either making a to-do list or trying to put in certain meetings or a call or whatever it is, because it will make all the little blocks of your time really productive. There are always little blocks of time in the kind of intermediary zones between two different activities. And most people just waste them and just kind of walk around or pace or chat with someone. And that's totally fine to do. But it's a lot nicer when you have two hours of complete freedom than it is to have six or seven, 10 to 15 minute intervals throughout a day. You'd much prefer to have the two hours of complete free time than you would to have a bunch of small little pieces of time. So using those little pieces of time to get work done and to start on things allows you to have the freedom of those larger blocks of time that most people want to have. Uh, so that's, I'd say that's a big piece of advice. And then also in terms of something I've learned in my gap year is again, going back to the habits thing, putting in place habits to be productive and just routines in your daily life gives you more freedom to do the things that you want to do. So even though it feels like you have more discipline in your, in your day-to-day life, because you have, you know, X, X, and X, like you have to, whatever you wake up at a certain time or you're putting in place a habit to exercise every day or whatever it is, it feels like you have more discipline, but it gives you the freedom to do the things that you want to do because you end up being far more productive in the time that you do have. Now you're going to have, instead of an hour free, you can have two or three hours free because all of the rest of your day, you've been far more productive because of those habits. So using the little blocks of time, putting in place habits, especially early on in high school, something I wish I did. Those are kind of the the two big things that I would say. I like the concept of having limits and restrictions causing you to actually have more freedom. I teach like 11 year olds at church and I was talking about that with pertaining to drugs and alcohol. And if we do create those limits for ourselves, at first it can feel like, oh, it's too much restriction, but it really creates so much more freedom. We have, you know, the ability to have total control of our bodies. And there's so many ways that we can feel like that's too much. I'm just a person that likes to be free and do whatever the day, wherever the day takes me. But if we have these limits and restrictions and habits in place, it actually creates more freedom for you. And it's hard to understand that concept, but I love that you learned that. I think that's so awesome. I love that you've used to like your momentum too to like just keep going. Like I'm already being productive. So I'm going to squeeze in something else here. And then, oh, well, I've already started on that. So it won't be that hard to get going on it again. I think that's pretty cool. That also reminds me of the episode I did with my husband. It was called Small and Simple Things. I do discuss how, you know, 15 minutes a day, we're mostly talking about our our cell phone use. You're like, oh, I just have 10 minutes. I'm just going to scroll Instagram for 10 minutes. It's not that big of a deal. And it's not. But if you do that 10 minutes six times in the day, what could you have accomplished in that one hour? Like, let's you could fully write a book in a year if you use an hour a day to write a couple pages. So just using our time more wisely and being really aware of what we do, I think is so important. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's another thing that I forgot to mention, but it's also really important. And I'm glad you mentioned it is, and this isn't something I've thought about at all throughout high school, but on my gap year, I've trying to, I'm trying to be more reflective on my own practices and my own life. I had just a week where I would just act completely, I would just do everything completely normally. I wouldn't change anything in my daily routine. And I started to track, I would write everything down on a notepad, what I did throughout the day. 
And at the end of the day, most of the days I was like, oh, I've been relatively productive. I got, I've gotten a good amount done. And then you start to look down at like what you're actually doing and you realize, oh, I've spent three hours on Instagram or I've done, you know, X hours, you know, watching TV. It doesn't seem like a lot of time when you're going through your day, but when you actually start to look at it, it's a lot. So yeah, definitely trying to look at what are the things that you have going on in a normal day. Because unless you write it down or you're really aware of it, it's hard to realize sometimes. Yeah, making sure that aligns with your goals and what you really want for your future. Let's talk. I want to know, I want you to talk about what you've done and how you found your passion this year. With being really intentional with your time, like you've talked about, what have you done this year? What have, how did you find your path and your passion? And then what's next with college? I know you're starting soon. And how do those all connect to each other? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to say that I have, uh, I really know what my passion is because I, I, don't, I don't think I do. I'm still working on it. And that's part of the reason starting the podcast is because I still feel very confused in life in terms of what I want to do. And I'm really curious about a lot of different areas. But I feel like what, what I want to go into in college and after is using business and the private sector as a means of creating social impact. So I, in, in high school, towards the tail end of my high school, junior, senior year, and part of this gap year, I did a lot of work on sustainable development and trying to create solutions mostly in terms of small subsistence farms in developing countries. And so I did a lot of work on that. Didn't you go to like a special school to do that? So I went to, in the fall of my senior year, I went to the mountain school, which is a semester program in Versha, Vermont, which is like rural Vermont. We live and work on an organic farm in Vermont. Everything is self-sustaining. So we cut down the wood that fuels the school like 90, 95% of the, the food comes from food we grow on the farm, which the students plant and the students harvest. And we have a typical standard academic, pretty rigorous academic program that goes along with that. And so that school is a lot of that was focused on sustainability. There were some elements of self-governance. There were a lot of questions that, that came up in going there in the first place that had to do with my interests. And I think that helped me narrow in on what I wanted to do, which was that I wanted to live a life of, of service and, and really create a large impact on the world, which I think is what a lot of young people want to do. So it isn't particularly unique in that regard, but finding your outlet to do that and finding how social impact and your own personal happiness can work in tandem rather than working separately. Because I think for a lot of people, they end up having to choose between one or the other. They choose between what makes them happy, which ends up not creating an impact, or they choose something that can create impact, but then they're not very happy in life. And I think Finding whatever your niche is that can combine those two is really important. So for me, I found out early on in my gap year that entrepreneurship was my means to do that because I love thinking, I love seeing problems and creating solutions to those problems. And I liked that whole process. I think that is so awesome. I love that you sort of found this passion by trying something new, going to this school for this semester. And that's what I kind of want to get across is we don't know our passion sometimes till we're like, a lot older and that's okay. I just think it's really important that people try a lot of things to find what fuels you, what makes you excited, what makes you happy. And you wouldn't have been able to find that had you not tried that new experience. So that's what I really want teens and young adults to take away is you don't have to just pray about it and this big answer comes or, you know, just know because that's who you are and you know yourself. Just keep trying things. It'll naturally organically evolve and you'll figure it out. I think 
a lot of people who haven't found their passion, I still feel like I haven't, but have this idea in mind that it will just come to them. Like it, it'll eventually come about and they'll find. And my dad always says he's still figuring out what he's interested in. He's in his mid 50s, 60s, and he's gone through four or five different career paths. But yeah. I think mo- most of the time you'll get involved in things and that will help eliminate what you're not interested in. And so I did lots mm-hmm. and lots in high school that I don't spend any time on now, but were really valuable experiences because they taught me what I wasn't passionate about. You slowly start to narrow in on what you want to do. So yeah, definitely trying to create the opportunities where you can find your passion and not just thinking that it will kind of passively come to you. I think that's a really great thing to keep in mind that it's a process. We're always becoming, we're always changing and it's just about being intentional. And I love that you've taught us that today, Benjamin. So we have a final question for you that we ask all of our guests. And even though you are a teen, we want to ask you what you would tell your high school self, even though you were just in high school a year ago, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice. (laughs) There there are a lot of pieces of advice. If I had the opportunity to go back in time and tell my high school self, freshman self uh, advice, there's a lot I'd give. But I think there's a quote by a person who I'm not, I'm not particularly fond of this person, but I like mm-hmm. this particular quote, which is get your house in order before you criticize the world. I think that's probably what I would tell my high school self because I didn't really enjoy my high school experience. I didn't like my high school very much. And I was constantly judging people around me and criticizing people. And all the while I just did not have my own things sorted out in terms of my productivity, my mental health, my friendships. So before you go out and critique everyone around you and and judge the people who you barely know, really focus on yourself and get everything in order in terms of your own life. So spending less time worrying about what other people think, about judging other people, judging the world, and just trying to focus more on yourself, reflecting on what you care about, building those habits, spending time with people who care about you and you care about them, so that's, that's the piece of advice I would give. Get your house in order before you criticize the world. We've probably asked that question 20 to 30 different times. And that's the first time I've heard that response. I think it is huge. And it's something to even keep in mind right now, no matter what stage of life you're at. I see big things in your future, Benjamin. And I cannot wait to keep following along your podcast. So could you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. In terms of the podcast, you can find it at Head Scratcher Podcast on Instagram or if you search Head Scratcher on uh, iTunes or Spotify or any of the big podcasting platforms, you can find it there. And your podcast, truly, I have really enjoyed it. I think you have such a knack for interviewing. I think you have some really thoughtful questions and I have really enjoyed listening to you. So check it out for sure. Thank you. So what's next for you, Benjamin? What, what can we expect to see from you now? This summer, I'm spending a lot of time working on the podcast, so there's, I have some really exciting guests coming up. I'll be going to college in the fall. Um, I'm working at a startup this summer, and so that should be exciting. But stay, so if you stay tuned with the podcast, I'm going to start integrating more of my own journey, my own gap year journey, and going to college kind of intertwined with some of the interview episodes. So that should be a good space to kind of keep up with what I'm doing, but I'm really excited for this, the rest of the summer and the start of next year. There's a lot of exciting little projects and stuff going on and some really 
cool guests on the on the podcast. That's really cool. So do you plan to continue the podcast while you're in school? Yeah, I have. I'm trying to get as many interviews done before I head to school so that all I have to do is maybe a bit of editing work and just some hosting once I get to school. Hopefully I'll have set up a little recording space at school where I can interview some people because I imagine that I think college will be a great environment to find people who will be great guests for the podcast. I'm right outside of the college I'm going to is right outside of Philadelphia, which is a big city. So there's a lot of interesting people there. And we're in a consortium with um, a few other schools. So there's a lot of people who could be potential guests. I think it'll, it'll be cool, but I'm trying to get a lot of interviews done and conversations done this summer so that I don't feel overwhelmed once I get to school and I can kind of enjoy the process of going to college and, yeah. and all of that. Awesome. Well, we enjoyed having you so much. Thanks for all that you shared. And we look forward to seeing what you have to bring to the world. Thanks so much for having me. If you are enjoying this podcast and finding value in it, we want to ask for your help. We don't always want to ask for reviews and ratings, but reviews on the podcast app are what help other teens to find us. We want to spread light and love and create the space for as many of you as we can. If you can take just a moment to give us a rating and a review right now, that would mean the world to us. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you next time on Becoming. Becoming.